0: You are listening to College Success Habits with Jesse Mogul, episode 13. Let's get to the show. The best show. Best show. Best show ever. Welcome to the College Success Habits podcast. Do you want to triumph through school and have a little fun along the way? Learn habits to help you attain better productivity and hacks to help you slide through classes at any age. Here's your host, college circuit speaker, Jesse Mogul. Welcome back to College Success Habits, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me today. It is a pleasure and an honor to have you here as we dive in further into college success habits. If you haven't had a chance to go and subscribe, rate, and review on your favorite podcasting app, please do that. As soon as you're done listening to this, I would love it to just get some feedback on how you're thinking about the show. And obviously, algorithms being what they are, I always look better in them when people have subscribed, rated, and reviewed. It's not my game I'm playing. It's iTunes and Stitcher and Spotify. So please be a part of that. I would love nothing more than to have you do it and give me some feedback as, to far, as far as what you think of the show. What we're going to discuss today is another part of my upcoming book. It, this one is the chapter on courage. So let's dive right in because I'm extremely excited to get into this and I want to keep the podcast under a half an hour. <laughs> so why is courage important? All right, now, the definition of courage is the ability to do something that frightens you. There's a lot of other Definitions that I have been able to find online. Uh, Let's see what else I've come up with. It's the ability to face fear, um, overcome fear, to not even have fear. I'm not so sure about that one. We'll get into that a little bit later. But you know, the ability to do something that frightens you, the strength in the face of pain or grief. Uh, the quality of mind or spirit that enables a person to face difficulty, danger, pain, etc., without fear, bravery. I mean, these are some of the definitions you can come up with. Why is it important? Courage within the college realm has little to no difference from the real world realm, right? People will say that it, that it is different. It is not. It is just here you really have a chance to harness it. It's the ability to take risks of not settling for less, of realizing this college, college. And it's it's an amazing opportunity to completely revamp, renew, rejuvenate. It's a rebirth, a chance to become a more evolved version of yourself. Like when I look back at how I entered into college, I was courageous because I went. I was courageous because I moved away from home, courageous because I left everything I had grown accustomed to radically altering my life. But I also entered into that stage of my life with a fair amount of self-imposed limitations, regarding who I was and what I was going to be able to achieve while I was in college. And I honestly did start it thinking that I would be out in four years. (laughs) That's not how it played out. Mainly because I was so young, so immature, so low on the emotional maturity scale. When I remember who I was back then, it almost makes me shudder. There was a lot of fear in my life back then. I went into college with a ton of baggage. I wasn't ever popular in high school. My family moved around a lot. And even when we finally stayed somewhere, my personality tended toward being very energetic and crazy outgoing, mainly because throughout my middle school and elementary years, I always knew we were going to move soon because my dad would start a new business or buy a new business and move us there. And so if I was going to make friends and enjoy myself there, I was going to have to be outgoing and energetic in order to attract friends. Um, As you get older and you get into the high school world, that can be off-putting to some. Uh, Really, some people like that. That was, you know, energetic and crazy outgoing. Many people did not. Um, My parents announced their divorce two weeks before I graduated high school. My mom moved my sister to Florida with her on my 18th birthday. And that was the very first day that I ever smoked marijuana, uh, got stoned for the first time at a Pink Floyd concert on my 18th birthday. Three weeks later, I took LSD for the first time at a Grateful Dead show. When I met my roommate at a Wendy's in Franklin, Indiana for a meet and greet, uh, he told me he had a supreme connection to LSD um, that could keep our minds tripping out for our whole college career. And it was like I met my newest best friend. So, yeah, that all happened. And that really steered me away from what my intended outcome was at Ball State before I even got there. So when I did arrive at Ball State, I wanted just to make tons of new friends real quick. I wanted to go to parties. I wanted to meet women. I wanted to just have fun, 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 right? Till dad took the paycheck, or t- took the paycheck and, the, and the checkbook away. I didn't know much about the Greek system outside of Animal House, but I learned quickly enough. I had barely settled into college before I joined Sigma Phi Epsilon. I didn't put a moment's thought into the process of figuring out who I was, what I wanted, or where this adventure was going to take me. I just knew I wanted to be different than I was in high school. Like, this is the baggage I'm talking about. I don't know what baggage you're coming into college with, but I have no doubt that, you can, that you're being able to see some of the same storylines in yours. Maybe not the drugs and alcohol, but certainly for that wanting to be a different person when you get to school. See, I was naive as hell. Okay, I had my eyes half open with a beer in one hand, a joint in the other, acid on my tongue, just party central. My fraternity was not cool with most of that. In fact, they were opposed to it from the top of a mountain. But ultimately, I jumped right into the partying addiction crowd without a second thought. Well, okay, there was some thought, and I remember this story very clearly, I remember telling myself in the entryway of my dorm in Painter Hall, um, as I lit a cigarette. You now, Painter Hall was, was my freshman dorm. I lived on the fourth floor, and I was in the walkway exiting it. And I remember putting a Marlboro Ultralight 100 into my mouth, because um, back then I just smoked whatever, um, that if I lit that cigarette on my way to class, that I would henceforth be addicted to nicotine, and one day I would have to quit. I remember telling myself that. And I lit that cigarette and smoked it on the way to class. And that was about the end of my self-awareness with myself and the partying choices I was making. Now, I made a ton of friends because the easiest social circle to join is the addiction circle. I was invited to every huge party people were talking about the next day. I felt super popular. I felt accepted. I felt happy at night and hung over in the morning. But I didn't care because I was being different than I was in high school. Not courageous. Not courageous. I thought I was being courageous because I was stepping outside of myself and being a whole new version of Jesse Mogul. (sighs) I had no idea what courage really was, is, or would be. See, I was afraid of sitting in my dorm on a Friday night and studying. Very similar to what my life had been like in high school sitting at home on a friday night studying. I was afraid of not having anything to do over the weekend, much like in high school. Now my senior year of high school I got into the glee club and theater and I made some friends and so my my social circle was expanded, but I remember what it was like all the way up until that senior year. And I also remembered how my senior year, a lot of those people wanted to have fun and party. And I knew that that was going to be my key to making friends when I got to school. So thinking that I was being courageous, I jumped right in. But I was so fearful in so many ways. And I tell you all of this about my party. So that you're just aware of how easy it is to slide into the intoxicated social circle in lieu of being yourself and making real, meaningful friendships. Drinking buddies and budettes have a very low propensity rate of turning into lifelong besties. I want you to have the courage to be yourself. You should have the courage to do what you want to do when you want to do it. Often that's literally going to mean staying in and taking care of your actual college responsibilities and not going to the next quote-unquote biggest party of the year or whatever your friends are enticing you with. If courage is doing things that frighten you, strength in the face of fear or grief and the ability to act on one's beliefs in the face of danger or disapproval, then I was nowhere near courageous. At all. I was drunk. I was hiding from others and myself behind a veneer of liquor, weed, and acid. Period. Point blank. I was so scared of feeling anything meaningful, I chose to feel nothing. While many of my frat brothers were off studying, earning good grades, being involved on campus, you know, actual college experience stuff, the rest of us, and there was a fair amount, would be sitting on the brick wall in front of the house, having some drinks, beers, screwdrivers, just getting tore up that's not being courageous. That's living a life of fear. And I tell you all of this, not so that it gives me some street cred or just as easily it could turn you off to me. I don't know. But I tell you it because it's easy to fall in line with fear rather than courage. So why is courage important? Because if you lack it, then you will lack self-awareness, self-confidence, self-esteem, and so many more. I could, this this whole show could just be me rattling off the things you will lack if you do not have courage. You will lack the ability to say no when yes is just so easy. Giving into social pressures is not courageous. It's lazy. If everyone else jumped off of a bridge to their deaths, joining them isn't facing your fear. It's just dumb as hell. Now, what is courage? All right, so we've talked about falling in with the wrong crowd as being a huge indicator of living a fear-based life. Everyone's afraid of something. That is a fact. You can Google it. Google it after the show, though. (laughs) It's how one faces that fear, manages that fear, deals with that fear, and begins to overcome that fear. That speaks volumes about your courageousness and your character. You want to transition into college with the most mindfulness and self-awareness as possible. Just listening to this podcast will get you further ahead than watching Netflix, playing video games, and drinking beer ever will. This fear of being yourself? I have some theories about why this comes out so harshly in high school and college. See, we're very, we're very, very vulnerable those eight to ten years of our lives, assuming that college is four to six and high school was four perhaps more vulnerable than any other stage we will go through in our lives. We're really developing an idea of who we are, of what we'll become and who we'll be throughout the rest of our lives. So this vulnerability exists because as we're figuring out who we are, we're also looking at these social cues to see if it's in agreement with what other people think. And if we weren't raised with a lot of social maturity, we'll put more weight into what other people think about us than what we think about ourselves. So this fear can have many, many roots. So many that, again, listing them would just fill up a podcast in and of themselves. How we're brought up, treated by others, how do we treat ourselves? Everything that has ever happened to us becomes a part of us through our unconscious mind's ability to remember everything that has ever happened to us and compartmentalize it into a respective folder. See, our brains are just like computers. In fact, I've done some reading on this. The very first computer chips were designed to operate like a human brain. So it's no coincidence that now that computers are so popular, everyone seems to be equating them to the human brain. And just like a computer, we have a desktop, which is our conscious mind, and we have a hard drive, which is our unconscious mind. The desktop keeps things that you're working on it right then and there at the top. The hard drive is where you start to store all your memories and your and your projects and things of that nature that you don't readily need access to. So ask yourself, what is fear to you? What do you fear the most? What fears are holding you back from being the best version of yourself today? I've read that public speaking is one of the most feared activities people can experience. Jerry Seinfeld has a joke about how People fear public speaking more than death, and therefore that the person giving the eulogy w- wishes they could be in the casket. Now see, I don't think it's the actual public speaking part people are afraid of, but it's the judging, it's the judging people think others are making upon them as they're presenting their speech, their presentation, their project, etc. That's what they fear. Is, it's the judgment. So because of this, many, many, many people, yourself, could be included in this list. Miss out on opportunities where the end result would have them speaking to a large group because they cannot get over the fear of looking, sounding, or being whatever their mind has conjured up in front of a group of people. You could be in a class for an entire semester. Get to know all of them. Know them have hung out with them, shared lunch or beers or whatever it is that you've done to bond with them and then now you got to get up in front of them and you're shaking in your, in your pants. You're shaking in your shoes. So courage is stepping into that fear and telling yourself that everyone else is just as afraid of what you are doing as you are. The fact that you're doing it gives you courage. It gives you strength. In the bottom line, most people in the audience want you to do well. They're rooting for you to succeed. And those that aren't are haters, and they would be rooting for you to fail. In fact, it would make them even happier to know that you didn't get up there and present your project because of a fear. It would make them even happier to know that you sat in that seat and you passed up on that opportunity. So whether you sit in your seat or whether you get up there, haters are going to hate. <laughs> Courage is managing and overcoming what it is you fear. Step into the experience. Know that no matter how you perform, you will, be, you, will, you will be better the next time because you went through the process at least once before. I have done hundreds of podcasts and each time I capture, I capture see right there, I catch, not capture, myself making these little errors. I'm not going to go through and edit every single one of them out. I want this to be raw. I want it to be a conversation. But in the future, i remember, slow down. Calm down, experience this, and be in the moment. But I'm going to be better at this the next time I do it than I am right now. And at the worst, I might look foolish. But looking foolish lasts a mere moment. Seen through social media, maybe it lasts 24 hours, 72 max. But then people are just on to the next social faux pas that's on social media. The best thing about our society's short attention span is that no one will care what you did in just a few days, let alone a week. Now, you might just regret for the rest of your life what you didn't do. I mean, literally, for a long time to come, you could regret this. Imagine regretting an opportunity passed up for the rest of your life. That is way worse than people pointing and laughing for a fraction of that time. Now, you know I'm all about the action steps, so here we are, how to have courage. Now, something that I think a lot of people miss out on when they talk about courage is how perfectionism and procrastination play a role in that. Now, this is some heavy-hitting reality here because a lot of you might be going around t- s- telling people that you're a perfectionist and thinking that that's a positive thing, or laughingly calling yourself a procrastinator and thinking that it's not doing actual damage to your life. If you call yourself a perfectionist, or if you procrastinate as a default behavior, you are living in a state of fear. You must seek to splinter yourself away from those two behaviors. I assure you, you must seek to splinter yourself away from procrastination and perfectionism. As part of this entire career that I have built for myself, I'm often publicly speaking on a stage. I mean, that's my main gig. And, about, and because of these first two descendants of fear being perfectionism and procrastination, I have to constantly run what I'm doing through those filters. Is my fear of starting perfectionism? Is it my fear of starting a procrastination behavior? Like, clearly, fear has other children. There are other things that fear has and is responsible for. I want, look at it this way. Think back to when we were cavemen and we were hiding and running away from saber toothed tigers, or when we saw some berries on the ground and we wanted to eat them. Are they poisonous? Are they not? Procrastination and perfectionism weren't necessarily on a cave person's mind while they were figuring out if a berry would poison them, or if that saber toothed tiger was around the corner looking to make them dinner. I mean, for the most part, heading into the 2020s, Western society is a more civilized world. We don't have saber-toothed tigers in the streets, that's for sure. All right, where we're able to, again, mostly eliminate major fears of death. So the courage you need to summon out of yourself is quite different than that of our ancestors. However, and this is a big ding, ding, ding moment of truth here. Our brain has not been evolving as fast as our culture has. Our mind is still living with the idea that if you feel fear, then it's a life or death situation. But that's just not the situations we're finding ourselves in most of the time, if at all. Now, if you want to risk your life and feel free to get wasted and walk through a dark, lonely park at 3 a.m., that's your prerogative. Hell, I live in Los Angeles. So you can get that feeling walking through Hollywood or Skid Row around the same time of the day as well. 3 a.m., you can walk almost anywhere and feel like you're risking your life. All right, you can find yourself in some scary situations if you try just a bit. But that's not where you want to be, so I'm going to assume you're wise beyond your years and stick with plausible scenarios and situations moving forward. (laughs) I'm not going to turn this into a, a sketch comedy show where we just start to randomly throw out dangerous situations. All right, back to perfectionism and procrastination. Our mind is trained to keep us safe and away from fearful things because it naturally thinks we could die at any moment if we feel fear. And let's just decide for the sake of brevity that this isn't the case, that you're not just going to, the moment you feel fear, die. Again, we're not in this middle of skid row at 3 a.m. But our mind is trained that if we feel fear, it could be a life or death situation. So when you feel fear about starting a a project or a paper or going up to someone that you find attractive and introducing yourself or going up to a teacher, if you're feeling fear, your mind thinks this is a life or death situation. Run, run, run. Stay in the comfort zone. So if you're finding perfectionism and procrastination as a part of your daily habits, you're seriously going to want to start a conversation with yourself about why that is. When people say they're perfectionists, I I just want to call out bullshit on them right away. You think you're being a perfectionist because you tinker with something to exhaustion or because you're meticulously rereading a paper 17 times before you turn it in. Is that really being perfect or is that just passing something over in your mind enough times that you think you have finally done it to your level of perfection? You will not achieve perfect ever. A perfect 10 in gymnastics doesn't even exist anymore, but when it did, no doubt someone somewhere saw an imperfection in Mary Lou Retton's vault routine in the summer of 1984 in the Olympics. right, perfectionism stems from a fear that one's work will be judged as being less than. All right, perfectionism could keep you home from a meeting or not volunteering for a project because you think that you can't possibly be the best person for that position. It's the same with procrastination. I have procrastinated on things before because I didn't know how to do something because I was afraid to learn, not be great at it. Basically, I was just fearful of what would happen once I made the decision and moved on with it. It's like with the Game of Thrones, George R.R. Martin can say whatever he wants about why he hasn't finished the last two books, but I just think he's afraid of them not being perfect for the reader. Now, as we progress through your college experience, you're going to have to start asking yourself, am I being confident? And if not, why am I not being confident And how to be more confident? Step through the fear of social awkwardness. Here's my little action steps, if you will. Step through the fear of social awkwardness. Step two, be grounded in the idea that not everyone will like you, but a lot will. Be who you want to be and be around the people you want to be around, not just the people that want you around because you act like they want you to act. Another action step is if you feel fear coming through you, ask yourself why you feel that fear, where is the source of this fear, and how can you overcome this fear? In my experience, just going through the act that is bringing you fear will relieve most of the fear. In fact, you could think about how you're going to feel after you give the speech, after you turn in the project. Think about the confidence you'll have. Think about the relief you'll have. Think about the feelings you'll have after this fearful activity that's approaching you is is coming up, right? So think about giving that speech in front of the class and think about how you'll feel when it's done. You don't have fear over something that's already done. you feel relief. You might be worried about the grade, fearful you didn't get an A, but you're not fearful of the actual activity anymore. The act of that activity is over with. So go forward, think about how how much relief you'll have and then grab a hold of that feeling and bring it back and realize that you will get through it. The key is realizing that you know you have done activities in the past that you were fearful of, you accomplished them and you move through them. So you've done this in other areas of your life. Think back to a time in high school, middle school, whenever, regardless of the age I find you at, go back to a time when you overcame a fear. What were you doing? How did you overcome that fear? I bet you it was as simple as just deciding you were going to take an action and doing it. You, that's how you overcome fear. If you have a fear of snakes, it doesn't mean you should run through a field full of snakes. Maybe just be more aware that snakes are there. But also start realizing that the eye, is that really that rational? Are you really going to come across snakes all the time? Wear better boots or better shoes or have a stick. Don't listen to music and pay attention to the, what's going on around you, but walk through the fear. The more you do that, the more experience you have overcoming fear, the easier it will be to overcome fear. Now, what if fear overrides your courage? Step back from what it is you're afraid of doing and ask yourself what is it you're really afraid of? Is it being judged? Is it being made fun of? Is it being less than? You know, it can even be being more than. A fear of standing out for good grades or accomplishments, it's a real thing. Especially if you were taught somewhere in your childhood that overshadowing others, being better than a sibling, being better than a best friend, uh, tooting your own horn was a negative thing. You could literally have a fear of standing out and being better than other people, or perceived, air quotes, perceived as better than other people, and that could be holding you back. There are an infinite amount of questions and answers to what if courage is overwritten by fear? The key here is just realizing that the worst that can happen is a feeling, and feelings change. Feelings go away. Feelings and emotions become less important and impactful the further you get from the original time you felt it about that situation. The worst that can happen is that you get done giving the speech and you think, I could have done better. I should have done better. People snicker when they weren't supposed to. People didn't laugh when I wanted them to. It's a feeling. It's an emotion. You'll move through it. And you won't even remember it a week, month, the next year. But you'll have experience getting up in front of those people, giving that speech, that every single time you're going to be able to call upon it. You will learn more and more. I've spoken on stages hundreds of times and I still get nervous. But each time I learn something new, each time I step through that nervousness, that energy that is just so overwhelming. Oftentimes, anxiety and excitement feel exactly the same in your body. So figure out where you feel anxiety. Generally, people will say in their stomach. And when you ask yourself, where do you feel excitement? Generally, it's it's higher in the chest. It's around the heart. So, when you start to feel fear, which can be also anxiety, and you want it to become courage, which can also be excitement, then take that anxiety feeling and just picture it in your mind, grab it with your hand, you know put your hand over your belly, just sort of t- take your hand wide and just squeeze it into a fist. Imagine yourself just taking that anxiety and putting it into your hand, squeezing it tight. Now move it all the way up to to your chest until you're right above your heart, and then just open your hand up, just rub it there. And take that anxiety and turn it into excitement. Take that fear and turn it into courage. This might sound a little woo-woo, but it's something that I do for myself all the time, and it works. It works. Hit the little align button, go back to what I said. You've got your hand, it's over your belly button where anxiety is. You take it and you just picture yourself putting that anxiety into your hand and squeezing it tight. And you just move that fist up, So it's over your heart and then just open up your hand and boom, it's right above your heart. You just took that anxiety and you turned it into excitement. You can be courageous just by choosing to be courageous. Don't allow the fear of what other people think. Don't allow the fear of what you'll think. Go and step through and out of the discomfort zone into a new comfort zone. Take those risks. Enjoy college for every opportunity that it can possibly provide you. Do not look back one day with a head full of regrets. Look back one day with a bunch of laughter over the, way, over the fact that you did some stuff and it didn't necessarily turn out the way that you'd hoped. But it could. The worst case scenario is that you look back and missed out on the best case scenario. Don't be that person be the new you, be the more evolved you. You can be courageous. And it's about that time you stepped into it. Thank you so much for listening to College Success Habits. Once again, please subscribe, rate, review, hit me up on Instagram, whatever it is. Let me know what you think about the shows. As always, it is an honor to have this amount of time in your life. I know you're extremely busy. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I am honored. And as always, the power of positive energy, release it and flow. Take care, everyone. See you next time. Bye-bye.